Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Hall of Famer. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Tuesday, June 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. So, ladies and gentlemen, like I spoke about at the top of the show, the Florida Panthers have a Hall of Famer. Yesterday, Monday, around 3 p.m., it was an the Hockey Hall of Fame announced that Roberto Luongo, in his first year on the ballot to be elected to the Hall of Fame, and what an incredible career that we as Panther fans got to know already for Roberto Luongo as a guy who was second most in games played, fourth most wins all time, ninth most in shutouts in, in NHL history. And this was a guy who had multiple years in Sunrise, Florida. His first 317 games with the Panthers uh, before he got traded to Vancouver Canucks. And then the last 255 when he got traded back. But let's talk about the story of Roberto Luongo. Originally drafted by the New York Islanders and then traded in June 24th of 2000. And along with that trade with uh, Roberto Luongo is a guy by the name of Ole Jokinen. I'm sure a lot of you Florida Panther fans know about Ole Jokinen. And the trade was for right winger Mark Parrish and left winger uh, Oleg Kavasha. So the there was, a, there was a little bit of a spark that needed for this Florida Panthers team. This Panthers team was just coming off a, four, uh, a first round sweep of the New Jersey Devils. They trade for Pavel Bure just the the season before, after he held out of Vancouver, really forcing himself out of Vancouver. But during Roberto Luongo's first stint with the Florida Panthers, which was from the 2000-2001 season all the way from 2005 to 2006, before he got traded in that offseason to the Vancouver Canucks, Roberto Luongo and the rest of the Florida Panthers were kind of set up to lose. And... In that way, with five different head coaches, some of those um, head coaches was were the GMs. Let's go over it real quick. Uh, Ter- Terry Murphy, uh, re- um, coached for 36 games before he eventually uh, got fired. And then what interim head coach, Dwayne Sutter, coached for the other 72 games. If you hear Sutter and you hear Dwayne Sutter, yep, that is the brother of Calgary Flames head coach, Daryl Sutter. Uh, then Mike Keenan uh, com- comes into play, uh, coaches the next three seasons for the Florida Panthers, then resigns from his positions, assuming GM uh, duties. Uh, Rick Dudley steps in for uh, 40 games. And then uh, Mike Keenan is the one who makes that trade um, for Le- Ber- Roberto Luongo to the Vancouver Canucks. But let's rewind before the, the trade uh, for... Um, that Roberto Luongo sending him to the Vancouver Canucks uh, before Mike Keenan eventually makes that move. 
during that time with the, the Florida Panthers and Roberto Luongo, this team was third worst record in the NHL, third worst uh, scoring, third worst power play, seventh worst in goals against. That include both goalies and empty net goals. Uh, PK percentage was 22nd in the NHL. And so, and th- but there was also hope with this team as well. Of course, Ole Okunin's part of the trade, like we talked about. Pavel Burry was part of the team. His, he was scoring in the high 50s as far as uh, goals in his season. And still, the Florida Panthers just couldn't get over just not making the playoffs just only that one time. And even though he scored 15 in, in the high 50s, the Florida Panthers still couldn't advance past the first round, not even winning a single playoff game. Uh, Steven Weiss was drafted uh, with, the, with the Florida Panthers fourth overall in 2001. The Florida Panthers had multiple cracks at the number one overall pick in the draft lottery as well. In 2002, um, eventually fell down to number three overall pick, eventually drafting Jay Bolmeister. Uh, um, Rick Nash was eventually number one overall in that one. And then uh, 2003 as well, the Marc-Andre Fleury draft where they slotted to number three drafting Nathan Horton. And of course, that was also the time where the Florida Panthers were trying to get Alex Ovechkin to be part of the 2003 draft due to the age avail- um, eligibility as well, trying to get him in that one so they could select him. Eventually, Alex Ovechkin, as we know, goes number one overall to the Washington Capitals in the very next season. And the Florida Panthers as well, they were going through an ownership change as well. Uh, Wayne Heisinger was just uh, on the verge of selling the team to Alan Cohen. And Al- there, was a lot of, there was a lot of dysfunction there with... GMs also being uh, coaches as well, like we spoke about earlier. And the the hope for the Florida Panthers having all this draft capital and just not it coming to fruition and not getting that goal support that Roberto Luongo needed when he was with the Florida Panthers uh, the first time. And that what did that result in? No playoff appearances, unfortunately. And let's just talk about some uh, like his some of his career accolades too. The we mentioned on the NHL level, but we also talk about Panthers levels as well. When most wins, even though I don't really subscribe to goalie wins as a stat, but you know, we'll just do it for this sake of the, the exercise in this episode, 230 uh, wins, 30, 38 total shutouts in Florida Panthers history, most saves, most points by a goalie, even though that's, um, I, I, I guess that's a stat, but, but 13 points uh, for a goalie, all assists, 75 games played in a season, most in a season. And then his 2004 season, uh, most um, seven shutouts in that season alone get, uh, gets third in the Vesna um, trophy voting um, behind uh, Mar- Martin Brodeur in that, in that season. Three times in his career, he's been a Vesna trophy finalist, twice with the Vancouver Canucks, which was weird. Um, in his time in Vancouver, uh, he got second in Vesna trophy voting behind Martin Brodeur. But then ahead of Martin Brodeur in heart voting, but behind Sidney Crosby in 2007. Not, not going to take away anything from Sidney Crosby as far as the heart, but it just, it's just kind of weird based on he was ahead of Brodeur in one category, but behind him in another category. So it was painful seeing Roberto Luongo traded. I mean, I didn't live in that time when he was eventually traded, but talking about the overall Florida Panther perspective, but based on the history of this team, and of course, speaking with fans who have been around longer than I have, speaking um, to them. And of course, what did we see when the when the Florida Panthers uh, traded Roberto Luongo to the Vancouver Canucks? We saw 
six playoff appearances for that same Vancouver Canucks team, which also resulted in a Stanley Cup final appearance. And of course, the 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 fourth all-time um, winner in NHL history as far as goalies. He was able to help the Vancouver Canucks uh, get to that Stanley Cup final. Like we said, he was a Vezina Trophy finalist twice while he was in Vancouver, once in Florida. And that 2011 playoffs for Roberto Luongo, 914 save percentage, and helped a lot with the scoring by the two Sedin brothers who are also in the same class as Roberto Luongo in this uh, Hall of Fame class. Let's read a little bit of the of the class a little for the 2022 um, Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin, Rika Salonen, who's a women's hockey player from Finland, uh, Rora Luongo, who we just named Daniel Alfredson, former captain of the Ottawa Senators, and Herb Carnegie, who didn't play in the NHL but was denied playing in the NHL due to his uh, skin color. So he was a he was a he was a trailblazer for the for uh hockey players up in canada as well so he's one of the uh he he's a player who's really as far as minority hockey players he's up there with the willio rees as far as popularity and now he is a hall of famer but let's talk about we're going to talk a little bit more about roberto luongo we saw we saw a lot of us who are on the older side of being panther fans a lot of them saw how Roberto Luongo, as successful as he was personally, a lot of times he got the short end of the stick as far as team success. A lot of that happened in the first, uh, his first stint with the Florida Panthers. And a lot of that happened in the second stint as well for the Cats as well. But we're going to talk about that more in the next segment here on Locked On Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports raging information, including live betting, esports, and sports. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all the favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez, the solo episode today as we are discussing Roberto Luongo being inducted. First ballot Hall of Famer playing... 572 games for the Panthers in his career, a total of 230 wins, 241 losses, and 73 ties slash overtime losses, which, again, I'm not a big subscriber of goalie wins being a a stat. Um, You see more losses there, but as far as the play on the ice, you you put a better team around Roberto Luongo. Um, You you are, I, I bet, that he's at least second all-time in wins uh, behind Martin Brodeur. Uh, it, it, it had he had more uh, team success around him. And it, it, let, let's go back to the Stanley Cup final as well. What, what We talked about the Sedin brothers and the fact that he was in that same season that he was a Vesna finalist, uh, he, he eventually met up in the Stanley Cup final with 
the Vesna Trophy winner of that year in Tim Thomas. And Tim Thomas was just the better goalie in that one. 940, 940 save percentage for Tim Thomas in that Stanley Cup final, while Roberto Luongo's was a 914, uh, taking it all the way to a Game 7, unfortunately losing on home ice in, in, that, in that 2011 uh, playoff, playoff series. But in the middle of the trade deadline in, in 2014, uh, the Florida Panthers bring Luongo back to Florida. It's funny because Tim Thomas was – with the Florida Panthers at that time, uh, not not the same Tim Thomas that we saw in that Stanley Cup final uh, versus Roberto Luongo. But hey, um, the Florida Panthers were also in that transition of being sold again, this time to the current owner that we have here in Vinny Viola. And this was the time where Huberto was drafted, Barkov was drafted, and then Viola makes the first his first ever selection as owner of the Panthers with Aaron Ekblad. There the but this time around for the for the hockey legend we can call we 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 knew he was a legend but now we can call him hall of famer roberto luongo he didn't have as many coaches this time around with peter horacek finished the season that that when when roberto luongo was traded back to the florida panthers Gerard gallant uh, uh is at the helm for a few seasons before another gm takes over as the head coach in tom Rowe. and then of course the bugner years which were uh, years of playing a lot of catch up. And then that was the time where Roberto Luongo's body was just starting to give up on him. And of course the great play that we saw Roberto Luongo just making save after save. And unfortunately uh, his hip uh, gave out and the injuries caught up to him. And of course it, it was the proper transition at the time from Roberto Luongo to Sergei Bobrovsky. Of course we can argue about that cap hit. Um, but that's today is not the day for to argue about that that cap hit when it when it comes to um, Sergey Bobrovsky. We're 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 talking about Luongo today, and of course Luongo, a big part of that 12 game winning streak for the Panthers in 2016 that helped them to the to get the division title. And my goodness, the one and only playoff appearance that the Florida Panthers had with Roberto Luongo as their goalie, he was the MVP of that series because the scoring disappeared for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, they traded for Yarmy Yager the season before, but Yager was in the middle of a 30-plus game goalless streak at that time. Sure, he was in his early 40s. I believe it was 43 at the time. It, it was quite a long time ago. But uh, you, you look, look. let's talk about the leading scorers for the Panthers in that Islanders series. Riley Smith led the doubled the amount of points of anyone else in that 2016 playoff series with eight points. And then... There's one, two, three, four, four players tied for four, and none of them were Barkov. None of them were Huberto. None of them were Ekblad. None of them were Yarmir Yager. Here are the names: Nick Bugstad, Alex Petrovich, or Petrovich, however you pronounce it, Dmitry Kulikov, and UC Jokinen with four. The the rest of the guys did not help Roberto Luongo out, and of course, this was still a core with this Florida Panthers team. Sure, they were still young but they were not helping their goaltender out during that series. And I mean, just look at that postseason alone, just reading Roberto Luongo's numbers to, to back it up. 934 save percentage in that 2016 series, 2.05 goals against average. And, and, and the Florida Panthers on the power play, let's talk about the power play. Vincent Trocek was a non-factor neither in, in that series. 13.3% uh, on the power play. You had three different chances in three different overtime games uh, for the Panthers, they couldn't win either of them. The Islanders got the best of them. John Tavares got the best of them. Uh, Thomas Grice, who was the backup 
of the New York Islanders got the best of the Panthers. They thought it was going to be a cakewalk going against a backup goaltender. And and Thomas Grice just ate their money. And so did John Tavares and company as well. So Luongo, as great as accomplishments this is for Roberto Luongo, I, I... this almost sounds like a Roberto Luongo apologist episode of Locked On Panthers because the the greatness that Roberto Luongo had, he always gave the Florida Panthers a chance. At least most nights he gave the Florida Panthers a chance. But the Florida Panthers didn't do him really any favors back in the in the scoring department. We read some of the scoring for the Florida Panthers in his first stints as they were near the bottom. And they were kind of near the bottom as well. Um, they were just with getting three top three picks in a in a short span. Of course, the he came towards the later ha, latter part of the Panthers trying to draft and develop the the core three that we have today. But still, as far as them breaking out, it hadn't happened yet until later on. Uh, more like after Yarmir Yager left. It was more like in Roberto Longo's last season with the Panthers. That's when the offense was really starting to get it together. But by the time the Florida Panthers core was starting to get it together, like we talked about, Roberto Longo's hip just said no. And that's the really difficult part about Roberto Longo's career with the Florida Panthers is you feel like there's a lot of meat left on the bone. And a lot of it was just out of luongo's control as well that's how great roberto luongo is when you speak about him because he gave the panthers a chance most nights so with the records that despite so much losing despite and the fact that he has the records that he has and of course let let's not forget he spent eight years eight eight years with the vancouver canucks and a lot, a lot of those teams were, were successful. Six out of his eight years were there. But it just goes to show how, how the Panthers kind of misused him, especially in his mid-years, which were his prime years. That was the, the, those Canucks years were his prime years, and it felt like the Florida Panthers, from their perspective, the fan perspective, felt like as if they were robbed at that time. And of course, they they the the Florida Panthers like like we talked about the the Panthers to get them back had to trade a now we have in the league now a seasoned goaltender in Jacob Markstrom as as part of that that trade and so now now with the with the Panthers and Roberto Luongo now that they brought him back in the front office now it's been a few years that he's been there. There was rumors that he was going to be the GM of the Montreal Canadiens after Mark Bergevin uh, was fired. It, it was a chance that Roberto Luongo could have back, been gone back to his native home of Quebec. And class moved by the Florida Panthers to retire his jersey number against his hometown team, Montreal Canadiens, so that it could be televised in Canadian television as well. But... I just spent 20 minutes talking about Roberto Longo's hockey career. But the number one moment that Roberto Longo had as the most impactful moment that he had was the day after the Parkland shooting of a day I'll never forget. 
February 14, 2018, where innocent lives were killed in Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. The weirdly, Roberto Luongo and the Florida Panthers happened to be in Vancouver against his former team. The Panthers didn't return home until the next week. I believe it was 10 days later. Uh, don't quote me on that. And then Luongo, the heart and soul of this team, a, a guy who's been with this franchise for so many years, even though it was two different stints, let out a very powerful, emotional speech. Though the speech itself doesn't necessarily bring the lives back of those 18 who were killed, that was, at the time, a voice of hope and a voice of inspiration that we could get behind at the time. And I had the opportunity to meet Roberto Luongo just last November in a Panthers versus Tampa Bay Lightning game at Emily Arena, which the Florida Panthers lost uh, in overtime. And during one of the intermissions, just walking towards the bathroom, I told this story on the, on the February 14th episode of Locked On Panthers, just talk about Parkland. And once again, I want to rehash this. I, I spoke to Roberto Longo. It was about a 30-second to a minute conversation. That's it. I did not mention a single word to him about hockey. I mentioned to Roberto Luongo about that speech. And to me, to me, that felt that was the personal right thing to do when it comes to thanking him for who he is as a human being. And he's a resident of Parkland. He raised his family in, in Parkland, Florida, which, which makes it more of how we can connect to him as a person of our community, the 954-305-561 area of South Florida, that we connect with him and that he was able to connect and sympathize with all those people and families who lost loved ones on that day of February 14, 2018. That itself is my favorite moment when it comes to Roberto Luongo. Unfortunately, that favorite moment comes, it came, excuse me, in tragedy, but it is a moment that we, we Panther fans, should never forget as far as when the Florida Panthers, right before they were taking the ice against the Washington Capitals at, at the time when it was called BB&T Center. So Roberto Luongo, not only congratulations, a public congratulations from Locked On Panthers to you on being first ballot Hall of Famer uh, the, the, to spend a majority of your career with the Florida Panthers and the impact you have made on the ice, I'm sure I'm missing a few things more of what to talk about to Roberto Luongo about all his accolades. But the fact that he's been able to make an impact on this franchise on and off the ice, because remember, he's part of the goalie excellence department as well uh, with this franchise as well. So he is definitely making that impact. Continue, he's continuously doing that as part of this Florida Panthers franchise along with their front office so roberto luongo first ballot hall of famer congratulations and i can't wait for you to officially be inducted into the hockey hall of fame 
in the next segment, we're going to be discussing the wrap-up of the Stanley Cup final as the Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. We're going to discuss that next on this June 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. We just spoke about Roto Longo uh, becoming a first ballot Hall of Famer, elected into the Hall of Fame. Now we wait a few months until uh, he is officially in, inducted um, up in Toronto. So let's talk about the Stanley Cup final. Uh, of course, the Stanley Cup final game five happened on Friday night, so we didn't have a chance to talk to to talk about, excuse me, uh, game five of the final. And I'll say, uh, game five when the when the Tampa Bay Lightning won, I, I I said to myself, "Oh no, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a pulse." And despite thirty seven shots on goal, the we saw who the better goalie was at that point. And that was a game all in itself about Vasilevsky showing why he was the best. He is the best goalie in the world. And of course, Darcy Kemper gave up some, a, n- a not so good goal on Jan Ruda for, for the first goal of the game. Valerie Nuchuskin, even though he, after the Stanley cup final, he showed a, a picture of his foot of what his injury, <laughs> what it really looked like and doesn't look uh, too good. And, even though Nikita Kucherov was very quiet mostly in the Stanley Cup final, he was able to get a power play goal. Uh, and Kel McCarr added to the to his uh, Conn Smythe uh, voting, uh, which he eventually won. And Palat, he's he's gonna definitely uh, earn his paid payday uh, for for this upcoming offseason. It's gonna be a difficult uh, job for uh, Julian Brisebois to get him under the cap after the flat cap. Uh, that's that's been going on for the last uh, few years, but let's get to game six uh, because before I, w- I was predicting that the, fl- that the Colorado avalanche were going to win game five, win the cup at home. But the moment the Tampa Bay lightning won game five, I thought they were going to win game six as well. And they get a penalty within the first few minutes of the game. Uh, they don't, they don't, they don't score. Uh, after that, but hey, uh, Steven Stamkos, if the Tampa Bay Lightning were to win this, uh, win the Stanley Cup for a third straight year, Stamkos would probably been my Conn Smythe winner for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but Nick McKinnon, uh, he had a hard time going in the Stanley Cup final. It was mostly carried uh, by uh, Kel McCarr. The Gabriel Landeskog was was uh, dry, um, part of the power play that was getting goals for the for the Colorado Avalanche and. Really, uh, Nathan McKinnon was really quiet for the beginning of this series. And even the Tampa Bay Lightning, they were starting to slow down the power play of the Colorado Avalanche in the latter part of the series. They weren't getting power play goals at will like they they were in the first part of the series. So Vasilevsky was keeping the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in this one for the most part. And crazy uh, because... McKinnon scores on a sharp angle shot to get one past Vasilevsky. And then Arturi Lekkinen, who got the game winner in the previous round and then get, gets a gets a goal in last year to help the Montreal Canadiens advance to the Stanley Cup final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Arturi Lekkinen does it again for for third three times in the last two years. He get he gets one, uh, just scores clutch goals. 
uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But really, the Tampa Bay Lightning looked tired towards that towards the end. Uh, Braden Point, they gave it a try for him to play, but it it, it just and it and it didn't feel like that the Tampa Bay Lightning were even rushing him back. But apparently, he wasn't ready, and it it was too much to overcome for for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nazem Kadri. Let's talk about him real quick. Originally, what was supposed to be a six-week injury, and he played two weeks after that supposed six-week injury. And, of course, there was a quote on Sportsnet about people doubting him, and it was just a beautiful quote. Uh, This is a family-friendly show, so any language uh, related to that, uh, go look it up yourself if you want to uh, look up uh, Nazem Kadri's quote uh, post-game after winning the Stanley Cup. You talk about players who have been there for a long time for the Colorado Avalanche. You talk about a former number one overall pick in Eric Johnson uh, from the St. He was with the St. Louis Blues, uh, longest tenured Avalanche player there. All the Avalanche players uh, talking great about Andrew Cogliano as well, trying to um, get him a cup. Gabriel Landeskog, a former uh, second overall pick, right the one the pick right be- right before Jonathan Huberto in 2011 the captain of the team, who there was a little bit of a dispute related to his contract on whether he was going to come back or not last offseason. And then, you know, Joe Sackage, he's not the guy, type of guy who gives uh, long-term contracts to players after 30. So that also means that there's a chance that Nazem Kadri won't return to the Colorado Avalanche. So this was their time to get to, get to win, and they found a way to win it. And also... You know, like we talked about drafting Nathan McKinnon first overall, and he can eat a carb now, now that he won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> so, uh, and then of course, a mid, well, not really mid, it's still a lottery pick, but not like early in the, not early in the draft with Miko Rantanen as well. And then you think about for the Colorado Avalanche, Patrick Wall walks away before the season starts. They had to get a guy who was who won at the ECHL level, won at the AHL level. The ECHL level was with the South Carolina Stingrays, Washington Capitals affiliate, and then Lake Erie Monsters, who was now the Cleveland Monsters, who was part of the Columbus Blue Jackets affiliate. They had to get this guy named Jared Bednar, and then after getting 47 points in 2017, not not the not the best position to be in. If you're the Colorado Avalanche, a lot of people probably questioning uh, the the core of the team at the time. Uh, Matt, Matt Duchesne, uh gets traded to Ottawa Senators, and then there's some luck in that too. It ends up being the fourth overall pick. <coughs> Excuse me. And though Bo Byram has struggled with his fair share of injuries throughout his career, he panned out as a pretty solid mid-pairing defenseman as well. They trade for Devon Tays from the New York Islanders for a bag of chips, and he's part of the top line with Kale McCarr. And Kale McCarr, like, let's talk about Kale McCarr's accolades. Hobie Baker winner. Norse Trophy winner now. Con Smythe winner. Calder Trophy winner. This guy's 23 years old. There's a reason why people like Wayne Gretzky was talking about Kale McCarr, comparing him to... People like Bobby Orr, Paul Coffey, Chris Chelios, talking about all those comparisons 
to to those those players in 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 as far as some of the best in in history and Kel McCarr he's he's just getting started at his age of 23 and fourth overall and there's a quote about uh Nathan McKinnon talking about how we we spoke about it with Jacob and talking about how those uh Alberta Junior Hockey League players are not so good and it's funny because Kel McCarr and his NHL debut was in the playoffs for the Avalanche. And he scored in his very first goal against his hometown team of Calgary. You can't write a better script like that for Kale McCarr's career. And Gabriel Landeskog even said, how, how do you get to a level like this? You draft somebody like Kale McCarr. That's how great this dude is. And, you know, maybe he slipped. Maybe if he slipped. Six more spots. The Florida Panthers could have been lucky. That was the Owen Tippett draft. So, but not not so lucky for the Florida Panthers. And let's talk a little bit about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Go back to them a little bit. Some some of the calls for Tampa Bay. Uh, the boarding call for Ryan McDonough on Darren Helm. Let also congratulations Darren Helm won a Stanley Cup in his first season with Detroit. Goes back to the AHL the very next season. And then t- took a little bit of time to win another Stanley Cup. But Ryan McDonough, another boarding call. We Florida Panthers are very familiar with that based on last year's first round series against Tampa Bay where he boarded Anthony Duclair. Jacob and I were at the game. We were upset, as can be, about that. Nikita Kudrov breaks his stick, tries to get another one in the, in the final 30 seconds in a 2-1 game at home. And just unable to get a stick and apparently throws it at a, at a lightning equipment person. The final buzzer sounds. Victor Hedman going after the refs. Pat Maroon uh, after a goal uh, by Nathan McKinnon or the, excuse me, the Arturi Lankinen goal goes after Josh Manson. What a great pickup by Joe Sackage, by the way. Josh Manson from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, goes after him, and Josh Manson sees the hit coming. And I'm just a little livid thinking, why isn't Pat Maroon uh, getting on Sports and Light for that? But, of course, it's the playoffs. Less penalties are called during that during that part of the season. I mean, there's only two penalties in the whole game for, for, the, for, the, for game six. But people talk about why are the, why are the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, – this upset about losing a Stanley cup and shouldn't they be grateful and because they want to, I mean, you put all that in the past and you're worried about the present moment. So if you're, if you're them, of course you're mad. Of course you you don't want to lose at any point. And of course uh, the, the, the only one person that I really legitimately like feel extremely bad for is someone like Corey Perry. Two years ago with the Stars, loses against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Montreal Canadiens facing off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then joining the Tampa Bay Lightning, he loses another one. <laughs> At this point, I think Corey Perry could sign with the Colorado Avalanche. And jokingly, uh, the Locked On NHL Twitter page was asking, um, talking about Corey Perry's luck. And I quote tweeted jokingly saying, don't even think about it, Bill Zito. As far as the luck when it comes to uh, Corey Perry uh, and his uh, Stanley Cup luck as of late, 
I mean, Marion Hosa back in the late uh, 2000s uh, eventually got his with the Chicago Blackhawks after failing with Pittsburgh and Detroit in the late 2000s. But, but hey, in all seriousness, I take a Corey Perry on my team. He's a grinder and he's a leader. But of course, the Florida Panthers, um, he's likely looking for a one-year deal. And I don't know what the cap hit looks like for the Florida Panthers to try to pay someone like Corey Perry. So I don't know if that is possible. I mean, priority number one is Claude Drew uh, to try to re-sign. But as far as that uh, for the for the, uh, Corey Perry, the really only person I feel bad for. And listen, 16-4 and four for the Colorado Avalanche. They only lost one road game this entire playoffs, and it was game three against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The, most of their challenges came from home, weirdly, and they were still 16-4. and four. All the small things playing in ball arena and it ringing all over that arena. And of course, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be talking about the Colorado Avalanche and them winning the Stanley Cup final be, before me mentioning that the whole whoop whoop that the that they say at Ball Arena really got stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm sure it did for a lot of you guys too after they scored a goal. You just wanted to yell it back at the TV even though you're not on that even though uh, neither of you listening to this are an abs fan, unless an abs fan happens to download this episode of Locked On Panthers. But great season by the Colorado Avalanche. And I want to leave with one thing uh, before we wrap up. And little tease to tomorrow's episode of Locked On Panthers is, is this run by the Colorado Avalanche of them falling short so many times in the last few years, them building the team to what it is today and falling short, is that hope? Does that give you, the Florida Panthers fan, hope that this could eventually be them? I will give my answer tomorrow on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast because tomorrow's episode of Locked On Panthers will be breaking, break, bringing in Jacob Winans of pantherparkway.com for a Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to be answering that question about how we think about that question that I just asked you. And before you go into Wednesday's episode of Locked On Panthers, think about it. But you could also tweet at me at MondoMan12 at LO underscore FLA Panthers and answer that question yourself. Does it give you hope that the Florida Panthers could be that team to next hoist the Stanley Cup. We'll talk about that more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the Crosscheck NHL show and Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast where they'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. From each round to Stanley Cup kiss to now every offseason move that teams are anticipated to make, Lockdown NHL is your one-stop shop for all things NHL. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Sarmar Mondo Velez, signing off.
And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.